to a good young man, too. One of his tenants. We are all tenants of his. But the Marquis of Sanoperman saw her, and what do you think they did? He and his brother. You know, Doctor, it is among the rights of these nobles to harness us common dogs to carts and drive us. They so harnessed my sister's husband and drove him all day. And all night kept him on the ground in the unwholesome nights, quieting the frogs so that their noble sleep might not be disturbed. And then back in the harness in the day. Taken out of harness one day at noon to feed, if he could find food. He sobbed twelve times, once for every stroke of the bell, and died on her bosom. And then, when her husband was dead, that man took her away. I saw her pass on the road. I tracked her here, and last night I climbed in. A common dog, but a sword in my hand. I made him draw and fight with me. Common dog though I am. Where is he? He is not here. Marquis of Sinabraman, in the days when all these things are to be answered for, I summon you and yours to the last of your bad race to answer for them. I mark this cross of blood upon you as a sign that I do it. He put his hand to the wound in his breast and with his forefinger drew a cross in the air. He stood for an instant with a finger yet raised and as it dropped, he dropped with it and I laid him down dead. My husband, my father, my brother. I returned to the bedside of the girl. The sound of her voice never ceased. She lingered on for a week. Then, on the eighth day... Well, she is dead. She is dead. I congratulate you, my brother. Five nights later, toward nine o'clock, a man in a black dress rang at my gate, demanded to see me, and softly followed my servant, Ernest Defarge, upstairs into the room where I sat with my young wife. An urgent case, Doctor. Won't detain you long. I have a coach waiting. When I was clear of the house, a black muffler was drawn tightly over my mouth from behind, and my arms were pinioned. The two brothers crossed the road from a dark corner and identified me. Not a word was spoken. That coach brought me here to the Bastille. It brought me to my grave. If it had pleased God to put it in the hard heart of either of the brothers, in all these frightful years, to grant me any tidings of my dearest wife and my child, so much as to let me know by a word whether they are alive or dead, I might have thought that he had not quite abandoned them. But now I believe that the mark of the Red Cross is fatal to them, and that they have no part in his mercies. And then, and their descendants... To the last of their race, I, Alexandre Manette, unhappy prisoner, do this last night of the year 1767, in my unbearable agony, denounce them to heaven and to earth. <laughs> Scrapings of soot mixed with blood on scraps of crumbling paper. There they lie hidden away in the solid stone, year after year. Now in the North Tower, cell number 105 is heard all day, a low hammering sound. 
sound of an old man making shoes in the dark. One day, after 18 years, the sound stops. And for a while, North Tower cell number 105 is empty. My name is Jarvis Laurie. Most of the characters in this history are people whom I first encountered in the course of business on behalf of Tilson's Bank, London and Paris, of which I have been for many years a partner. This is a history of events that took place in London and across the Channel in France in the terrible years immediately preceding and during the great French Revolution. 17...